Hello. Hey, John. Hi, Dan Benjamin. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, rested <laughs> up. You feeling pumped up, rested up, strong? I got pumped up kicks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling strong. Yeah. I'm feeling strong. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, I don't You've know been- if you if you want to do this today. What, what, what? Uh, but after last week's episode, or no, the week before last week, oh. off off the air, you said to me, there was this whole other topic that I maybe wanted to talk about. Oh. Do you remember that? No, it was several weeks ago. Yeah. What What was it? Did, did I give you any hints? You did. You, you, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you want to do this. I'll edit, I'll edit all this out. I mean, the show oh, will right, never, right. the show will never air. Yeah. But, uh, you know, do you uh, do you want to talk about the relationship thing that you were saying? What you've learned about yourself in relationships? Do you remember that? Oh, huh. Re- learning about myself in relationships. You were saying oh. that you've realized the kind of woman that you like, and 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 the 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 drama and things like that. I don't know if I've learned about the kind of woman I like. You seem I- fairly confident about it when we were talking then, but you know, I don't want to. <coughs> force the issue oh i mean uh, you said to bring it back up and that we could talk about it at a future date maybe it's too soon no i've been i mean i have been thinking a lot about that i got i can't i can't think of a time in my life when i have not been thinking about my romantic life mm-hmm. um it's always in the forefront of my mind and I can't quite equate that with um, with the fact that I also seem so reluctant to be drawn into serious entanglements because I'm you know I'm not I'm I'm always searching I'm always on the lookout for um, for what for love mm-hmm. or for for I, I guess I'm on the lookout for life all the time. And I feel like at least in my life, like women have brought a lot of life to my world. And so, but it's also a lot of confusion and a lot of, a lot of, uh, just like emotion. But I, I've always thought of myself as very level headed and, um, and and chill right but lately i've been kind of examining the way i conduct myself and i'm realizing i may not be chill i may be dramatic i may actually be fairly dramatic Hmm. in the sense that i like life i like life to be brought into my world i like to feel life coursing through my veins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And a lot of time, um, drama feels alive and it's not that right, like things are, things are happening. Something's happened. happened. Something finally yeah. happened. And a lot of the time I, the role that I play with people is I'm, I'm not a drama instigator necessarily all the time. I'm perfectly happy to sit and listen to your drama. Um, I'm not against it. If you if you want to come in and bring a bunch of drama into my life, I don't. I got no problem with that. And there are a lot of people out there who are like, "Don't bring your drama into my life." And I'm like, "No, no, no. Go ahead, bring your drama into my life." <laughs> uh, like I don't. I, I don't take sides very quickly. So when someone brings their drama into my life, I'm not somebody who's like, yeah, you're right. Let's get that guy. You know, my take on it is like, huh, interesting drama. Tell me more. Um, so I don't, I don't feel like bringing drama in um, is very threat. It's not very threatening to me because it's just for me, it's just another form of like great storytelling that feels really, really of the moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people who are close to me and people over the years have, have learned that they can depend on me or people use me as a sounding board or a place to go and just unload um, because 
good listener and I like to, I like to go over stuff with people like, Oh, and then what, are you sure that's what he meant when he said that could be that, you know, what about if he meant the opposite? And then we sit and talk about that. Like, that's all pretty fun. (coughs) But I'm realizing that I may also be personally dramatic. And when I say it out loud, like, what do you, what do you mean by personal, personal dramatic, personally dramatic? Well, things that happen to me also, I mean, they feel dramatic to me. I'm Mm. not chill. When somebody slights me at a, at a fancy ball or someone, (laughs) uh, you know, or, or somebody replies to one of my scented letters with an ambiguously scented letter in return. Uh Like those things are, I, they are duly noted and I write them down in a giant leather bound book with a quill pen. Like I'm, you know, like Rain Man, uh, Charlie Babbitt pulled and pinched and hurt my neck, 1982. <laughs> <coughs> it's, it's, uh, there, there's, there's that, but it's also like, I mean, I, I absolutely have a, a chivalrous world in which I live. You know, we, we throw the word cad around a lot now uh as a way of kind of describing somebody who's just i don't know what what, what, what's your description of a cad a cad is sort of uh i don't know like like somebody who's disrespectful or or, um not uncouth in a way that's what I'm, i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna look it up well so yeah. Um, the, a, okay. A man who behaves dishonorably, especially toward a woman, her adulterous mm-hmm. cat of a husband is the use in the sentence. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the, you know, that's the way we use it for the most part. But, but like the traditional term also implied someone who had a lot of charm mm someone who was very graceful socially and almost very, like a, um, uh, a, sc- a scoundrel or a rogue in some way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very related to those words. It is a cad. Isn't just some, it's not just a dope or somebody who insults a woman in a bar. Like a cad is someone who charms his way into a social situation. Oh, right. win, wins the love of his best friend's wife. Um, <laughs> and then tosses, you know, tosses her aside or if not tosses her aside, like, like, you know, leads her on into a, into a long affair where, you know, it's it, a, a cat is a, the, the word itself is so ugly. And the, and the, the role, the classic role of the cad is so much more, um, I mean, I hate to, I hate to heap praise on the cad, but it's a sophisticated job and the cad looks like a cad <laughs> primarily only from the vantage point of the happily married, uh, and respectable Lieutenant Colonel in the King's Hussars. Like a cad, to call someone a cad is, is to, to dismiss them from a higher station mm. of domestic stability. Uh, and also, I mean, a cat is a cat, right? I mean, we all know who they are. They, they are, they are troublesome, but also roguish and charming and delightful. Uh, and, and socially beloved and desired. It's just that you recognize when you whisper to someone, he's a cad. It's a, it's a form of warning, right? It's not, it's not an insult as much as a sharing I mean, of sharing of information more than anything else. Yeah. It's an insult for sure, but it's meant, but there's, but there are elements of it, aspects of it, huge aspects of it, which are very appealing to both, both sides, right? To, to women who fall in love with cads and men who, who enviously like see that the success of the cad and it's, you know, it's hard for me who has always thought of himself as a gentleman 
to recognize that I'm really, I am more of a rogue, uh, and, and to be honest, a, a cat in that I don't look to social, I do, I do not go to the fancy ball looking for a wife. Let's put it that way. I am not hoping to be betrothed, but rather to dance. Dan, <laughs> yes. And to spill my drink and to, to, uh, insult the Colonel in a way where he cannot quite revenge himself because it wasn't quite clear to him what the substance of the insult was. He knew there was something in what I said that he should be offended by, but he's not quite sharp enough to <laughs> understand. He's mad. He's mad because he heard people giggle, but he doesn't know why. And then to leave perhaps on a stolen horse at the end of the night. And that isn't like, although that's very fun and it's very, um, and, and, and honestly, it's very true. It isn't very chill. It isn't very, I cannot at the same time say, Hey, I don't cause problems. I'm easy. I'm easy going. I'm not a dramatic guy. I'm not like out there in the world, like making trouble. The fact is I am, I am making trouble and my drama, um, it, it keeps me in a state of constant. I mean, it feels like action. It feels like, um, it feels like, like I'm a busy person, mm -hmm. but a lot of that busyness is just that I'm, you know, I've got like a bunch of trouble all the time. And that's a, um, that's something that when you're kind of, at least recently, I've been sitting around reflecting on and going, I mean, it is a way to live a life. And the, and maybe the, the strongest criticism of it from people in the world is like, is that really gratifying? I mean, is it lasting? Does it produce, um, vis-a-vis -vis love, does it, does it build anything? I mean, what and, do you, uh, what do you think? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And, and this goes back to a lot of these conversations we've had. I'm not sure I have the capacity to make that assessment personally. I don't, I don't know a lot of the things that people seem to want to build don't appeal to me, but I also am in trouble all the time. It's not like I, it's not like I like in trouble with, with your, your girlfriend or woman you're dating or what, or just and everyone in trouble with everyone. I mean, you, you get that sense, right? That uh, don't you get a feeling that I'm just sort of like, you, in do, you are a troublemaker. Trouble you're a little bit of a troublemaker. It seems like. And so I'm, you know, I, I'll, I'll fall for somebody. I'll be in a, I'll be in a, a, uh, romantic entanglement and as, and, and it's, it's characterized by fun and trouble the entire time from the, from the very get go. And, and obviously, or not obviously, um, honestly, I hope it never ends. Right, I'm not somebody that wants to love them and leave them. I want to be in constant trouble with you until the till our last days. Right. <clears throat> it's just that most people don't want to always be um, fighting a uh, like four monkeys. People want to have three monkeys go away and have the other monkey be mostly nice and be like on a leash and be able to go get stuff off the hive shelves and bring it down. They do not want four monkeys all the time mm -hmm. four rambunctious monkeys like fighting all the time. And that sounds like a blast to me and it's just not, 
it, it puts me not at square with, um, with the world. It's why I'm always, I'm always on the, on the, uh, on the edge of town. And, but the, but, but feeling, I don't, I, nothing has changed. I just have to acknowledge that, um, that I'm dramatic and I'm unreliable and I'm, um, and that a lot of my, a lot of the drama in my life is not imported. It's domestic, domestically produced drama. It's made in the USA. <laughs> made in, in your own, from you. Made here, it's artisanal. Right. We would like to say thank you to our sponsor. It is Beachbody On Demand. That's right. This is the easy-to-use streaming service. It gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your own home, your living room, wherever, 24-7. This is a company. Listen, you're saying, I don't know what this company is. I'll tell, I'm, gonna, I'm about to tell you, okay, because it's important. They have a history of success. This is the company behind P90X. A buddy of mine, geeky programmer dude who used to just eat hamburgers and fries every day. I literally could watch him gaining weight. Okay, he was completely out of shape. He had all kinds of issues. I'm not making this up. He did this. He did the P90X. And I'll tell you what, I don't know. It seemed like a month later. Maybe it was a couple months. But he looks like a completely different person. He's in fantastic shape. The guy's like 50 years old. He's got washboard abs. I'm not kidding you. They have all kinds of stuff. They have the best trainers. They've got hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels. This is, goes for bodybuilding to weight training to cardio, uh, hit workouts, yoga. They even have dance workouts. They've got stuff you can do with your kids. And the best part is you get it anywhere, anytime. You can watch it on your computer, your like smart TV, your tablet, your phone. Roku, Apple TV, we, we have an Apple TV app, Chromecast. There's over a million people who are currently on uh, Beachbody On Demand. And, uh, and, and, and listeners of this program, you guys can try it absolutely free. I really like this P90X program. I think that's the, it's hardcore. Like, I'm not going to joke. That's hardcore. But this is a great way to like, Take yourself to that next level. If you're like my buddy who did nothing, no activity, you can jump in and find a program there. If you're already in good shape, you just want to take it, you're like your game to the next level or whatever, like you could do that. Uh, so go check this stuff out. There's a whole grid up there showing all the different programs that are available. And uh, do, you know, like do this with me, like get in there and like I'm doing this, you can do this too. Uh, so here's the deal. You get a special free trial membership. When you, and this is the way it works. I know this is weird because we're like web people, but this is how you do it. You text the word roadwork, one word, okay, no spaces, to 303030. 303030. This is how it works. Text roadwork to 303030. You'll get access to the entire platform for free. All of the workouts, all of the nutritional information, the support, everything totally free. And I think you're really going to like this service. This is really, really cool. Uh, so go text Roadwork to 303030. Support the show and support yourself. Get in better shape. Thanks very much to Beach Body On Demand for making this show possible. I mean, do you think of yourself as a gentleman? Me? Yeah. I see. I don't know because yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, in some regards, yes. Um, but. I mean, I don't really know what the modern definition of gentleman even would be. I mean, if you know, when, when you use that term, I think what comes to mind is someone probably with coattails and a, and a, and a top hat, you know, who's walking sort of poised with a cane and walking stick rather. And, you know, like, uh, throwing his jacket down so the women don't have to, you know, step in the puddle from the carriage onto the curb, you know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of the image I think people get. And then, you know, do doing things that I was raised to do, for example, holding the door for people, not just women, but people, uh, that, that 
is like potentially an insult now. If you hold the door open uh, for someone, the implication is that they can't do it for the, regardless of what their gender is or isn't, age is or isn't, capabilities are or aren't. If you hold the door for someone, the implication is, well, I, I did this for you because A, I'm kind of a little bit better than you, or B, it's clear you couldn't do it. You like needed help because you're either uh, inferior or weak or old or something. You can't just do it out of politeness. Like I was raised to always hold the door for people and not not hold the door like kind of kick it with your heel as you're passing through so it swings out, but like stand, hold the door, step out of the way and let the people in in front of you, even if they're able-bodied uh, people, not just if they're carrying something or if they're you know, need a little more time to get through the door. You know what I'm saying? But you can't do that now. Um, a lot of the things that I think you would think of as being gentlemanly in, in you know, the old definition of, of a gentleman, uh, those things, I don't know where, how they, how to fit those into, to modern day, you know, is being a gentleman, having the correct wristwatch for the occasion. Is it, you know, is it ironing your shirts? What, what, what makes you a gentleman in 2018? I don't even know because it's definitely not those things anymore. It's definitely not being patient and listening while somebody talks and waiting your turn to speak. It's not having a handkerchief folded neatly, ready for someone who's about to sneeze. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the old fashioned definitions of it, but they, that doesn't, you know, I don't know. Maybe now it's, you know, sharing your weed. Like I'm not sure what, what would make you a gentleman in, <laughs> 2018. So I, I don't, I don't think I'm a gentleman by whatever the modern day standards are. Mine are certainly antiquated because I do a lot of, uh, those things like holding doors and, you know, things like that. But it is a loaded question. I don't really know. What does it mean to you? Like, what does it mean today? Well, I mean, uh, uh, for me, the, the, the questions are all much further upstream in terms of do you have courtesy? Mm -hmm. Do you show courtesy? Do you, are you generous? Mm -hmm. Do you show generosity? Are you charitable? Do you show charity? Um, you know, are you virtuous? And I mean, anywhere in the world, where someone would be offended by someone else holding the door for them is a world where there is too much wealth and too much privilege and too much fucking time on your hands because holding the door for somebody is a gesture of goodwill. It you well it used to be but No 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 it is. It only is. There is no other take on it. And uh, if you I, have I if people, I want to agree with you but I'm telling you that there is I there's punishment for that if you try and do it. Well, the people that are punishing other people for showing courtesy are people who are hurt inside. And it is not the person showing the courtesy who is at fault. Holding a door for somebody is a courteous gesture. It can be done between any two people. And it happens all the time every day. Men hold the door for me every day because it is courteous. It is the only courteous thing to do to let a door swing closed in someone else's face is discourteous and that is the end as far as I'm concerned. There is no other, there is not a political take on it. And if you're looking for a political take on it, you are overthinking things like you're looking for problems. And that is true of all the courtesies. It is true of charity. Charity is, is only a, 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 a a gesture of kindness. It is not, if you refuse charity, like that's on you. That's not on the person offering charity. And there are a lot of ways you can offer charity that are not actually charitable. There's a lot of ways you can, you can fake it or you can pretend as a way of, of trying to put on airs or put people down, but true charity, you should accept it with grace. Right. I mean, that is part of being graceful also mm -hmm. is knowing mm -hmm. how to accept someone holding the door. That's how also it's also incumbent upon you to be generous in accepting grace. 
Um, but, but there is no world in which you, you are obligated as someone who is considerate to be discourteous out of consideration for other people's mental problems. You know what I mean? Like, but there, what I'm, what I'm talking about though, is there is a bigger, there's a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is that a lot of people who, who reject this, they're rejecting it because I think this is the direction that, that society is moving in. People almost never, in, in my modern experiences, almost never hold, and I'll go back to holding the door, they almost never do that for anyone else. Uh, I almost never see it. It seems like people just don't, just don't do it. I can't tell you how many times I've been carrying a stack of boxes to the UPS store and I'll see someone walk up. They'll look at me. They'll see I'm carrying the boxes. And they'll just walk in, let the door swing close. Like that's not rare. Maybe it's me. Maybe people don't, you know, they have something out for me. I, I, I think that's a possibility also. But realistically, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening for other people either. It, that kind of courtesy, I think, is, is going away or it's already gone. Maybe it's different in Seattle. But it, it's just not a normal thing to see. And well, I don't know what's going on. That's awful. And it's not, it, it, and it does not, it should not affect your, uh, your like innate desire to hold a door open for somebody who's carrying boxes. I mean, you get on the bus and there are little old ladies standing holding on while teenage kids are sitting on chairs playing their playing games on their phones and as a adult part of your role in civilization is to say hey you kids you want to make room for the lady here who's standing and holding a bunch of bags and if the kids go what no <laughs> then that's their problem you know but you you do have an obligation as a grown-up person to say hey you guys psst, hey see this lady over here she's old and you guys are young so like <clears throat> heads up and I do it all the time. And 99% of the time the kids are like, Oh shit, sorry. And they jump up because they're just waiting for somebody to, you know, they know what the rules are. Now, a lot of times you get that blank look of just like, why are you talking to me? Uh, because there are a lot of people that have been raised wrong, mm -hmm. frankly, mm -hmm. but you can't live in a, you know, we're in a, we're in a time where, the fashion is to move back to the cities. When I was growing up, when you were growing up, the fashion was to move out to the suburbs and the cities were, were, uh, in decline. But now everybody wants to live in the city because they can walk to work. They can bike to work. It's, it's, um, they don't have to have a car. Right. There's a lot of cool things to do. Move back to the city. But if you're going to live in a city where you're sharing space with people all day, it's key that you have, that you have respect and mm -hmm. consideration for other people. Right. And you know, when I talk about being a gentleman in the context, in the initial context, it was in the context of courtliness. Um, the idea of being gentlemanly within the like very, very fluid, but also rigid set of of rules that govern people who are sexually interested into one another right, uh, sexually right. interested in one another but you're talking about this 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 broader thing of like yeah there are, the world is full of rude people standards are declining everywhere i hope i have made it clear over the last half a dozen years of public broadcasting that i am opposed <laughs> to it at every <laughs> yeah. stance yeah and that you know and that whatever, there are 40 different arguments for it, you know, and the person that says don't hold the door for somebody else because it's disrespectful of their, because it implies that they aren't capable of holding the door. Like, or, or that, that, or that, oh, you know, like for example, the typical one, I haven't experienced this myself directly, but if you, I've heard friends tell me this story for different people. Uh, that they held a door open for a woman and, and the woman was offended by it because the implication was 
Um, she is the inferior uh, sex and can't do it for herself when she's not only quite capable of opening the door for herself, thank you very much, but she could open it uh, just as well as any man. Yeah. Well, that woman is being incredibly rude and she is, has problems, right? That are not your problem for holding the door. Like if somebody holds a door, it is just a gesture of kindness and generosity. It is not, there is no political implication. And if you put one on it, it's that you're walking around putting political implications on shit where they don't belong. Mm -hmm. You could just as easily say, I don't hold the door for brown people because they need to like lift themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. Like it's just as fucking, it makes just as much fucking sense, you know? I don't hold the door open for uh, for little old ladies because they should have to like because fending for themselves will make them stronger and live longer. Like whatever, don't overthink a thing. If somebody's walking toward a door and you're in a position to make their passage through time easier, why would you not? Even if it inconveniences you, this is the this is the thing that that people sometimes don't understand. It's like. Measure your own inconvenience against what you could perceive to be that other person's inconvenience. Does it hurt you to take three extra seconds to, to like slow your pace so that that person may glide? <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? If, if, if it's a choice, if, if you, it's you and the other person and one of you has to slow down, can you not have that person have, can you not shoulder that burden. I'm going to slow down so that you may, so that you don't have to, because one of us has to. So if I just breeze through here and let the door kind of like slam in your face, you, you had to slow down, but I didn't. And it's like, well, why not? Why not? Why not? You shoulder that if you can afford it, right? If you can afford to, like if I'm, if, if I have a, uh, like a dying dog in my arms and I'm running into the emergency veterinarian, I'm not going to stand there and be like, no, after you. But if I'm just like going about my business, I have an appointment, I'm 10 minutes early. Why not spend eight of those minutes holding the door for somebody? I don't know. And I don't think that that is even, I don't think that has anything to do with, with, uh, with anything other than, that at that moment in a person's life when empathy comes online, which doesn't happen as a child, right? There's a, there's a point at which as a, as a teenager, as a late, late, late teen, where you become aware that like other people have feelings as mm -hmm. profound as yours. Right. Life is just as hard for them as it is for you. If you learn nothing in that moment other than that, that helping other people when it doesn't cost you anything is a net good for everybody. I don't, you know, I don't know. You're just, you're not, you're not learning the same things I guess I learned in those moments. If, if what you learn there is like everybody's trying to get ahead and, and if I can keep other people down, maybe I can get an extra penny out of the day. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what books you were reading. You were reading Ayn Rand <laughs> instead of your favorite. <laughs> Instead of whatever Raymond Carver, and I highly recommend Raymond Carver, and I do not recommend Don Rand. I would like to tell you about Masterclass. Imagine learning cooking from Gordon Ramsay, photography from Annie Leibovitz, or basketball from Steph Curry. Like legit, now you can with Masterclass. They produce online classes that are taught by the best in the world. Each class is shot with cinematic production quality. They have on-demand lessons that are loaded with exclusive content that you're only going to get from Masterclass. And they have over 30 masters. They've got cooking techniques from Chef Thomas Keller. They've got screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese. Uh, I'm watching the Dead Mouse one on how to like make that kind of music. I'm not going to make that kind of music. I just am obsessed with learning from these people it's amazing and they really truly do have the people who are the best in their industry it doesn't matter if you're pursuing your passion if you're trying to develop a career or just looking to learn something new like me i mean masterclass gives you access to the best at their craft so that you can master yours and if you're interested in more than one class they have something called the all access pass 
This is a new thing. You can unlock every class from over 30 masters for the price of two classes. Pretty cool. Roadwork listeners get the all-access pass by going to masterclass.com slash roadwork. Again, the best in the world, ready to teach you cool stuff, masterclass.com slash roadwork. Just go there and look at the like demo videos. Just check them out because just those are enchanting to watch and you're going to find something you like. Try it out. Masterclass.com slash roadwork. But I don't know, Dan. I mean, the like courtliness is a, is a whole other can of worms because there is, again, all this presumption of, of um, uh, there's a lot of presumption right now that gender relationships are founded on principles of inequality. But relationships between people who are sexually interested in one another have always been complicated. Yeah. They are not bicameral. There is nothing simple about them. You cannot reduce them to, um, to any like simple formula of dominance and submission of power and weakness. Like any two people who are sexually interested in each other have to hammer out a new treaty and every single little clause of that treaty has to be reinvented. There just isn't any boilerplate. Not if you're not if both parties are alive. I mean, I'm sure there are all kinds of people that come together in couplings that are I don't that are just like out of some manual they read. But even those, like you just can't you cannot touch another person and have them reciprocate that touch and have it be uh, uh, anything that's ever happened before or will happen since, right? Every one of those moments is, is unique and the transfer of power and the transfer of rules and expectations and desires and it's all just ever new. And, and so to be a gentleman or to be courtly or mm-hmm. to be considerate or to be those things in that context, it requires that you, I guess, know, like know what consideration means in that situation, be vulnerable, be ready to be, I guess, be confident enough to bear a certain amount of humiliation all the time. That's one of the, one of the ways that you can be successful in love. Okay. Because humiliation is the thing we're all terrified of. Everybody is terrified of being humiliated. And if you go into, if you go into love and assume that you're going to suffer some humiliation here, small or large, like every minute there's going to be something. Because it's just impossible not to, not to be embarrassed and not to feel ashamed unless you're a sociopath. So to, uh, to be graceful is to recognize that the other person is, is in the same situation, but they do not want to feel humiliation. Right. And being willing to shoulder it, being willing to, you know, to be, to let them be, um, to protect them from humiliation. And sometimes that means that you have to, you have to bear it. You have to feel it a little. Um, that's a kind of grace that is very hard to do because humiliation is the, is the hardest thing to bear. It's much, much harder than physical pain. To be like, to just feel that feeling. There's no you. You can't even metaphorize it, right? There's no analog to humiliation. It's its own tower of suffering. And uh, you know, and it's very hard for me. I'm always somebody that's like, well, I'm never gonna, a- I'm never gonna ask somebody to do something that because the possibility that they don't want to exists Hmm. 
And so if they do want to, they'll let me know. And if they don't, I'm never going to ask. I don't because even asking is uh, is a form of pressure, you know, is a form of um, coercion. And of course, that's not generous to 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 say to to put on the other person all the responsibility to to state their desires. You can't say, "Well, I'm you know I'm being polite. I'm not putting any pressure on anyone ever." So I you know, and because what you're doing is you're saving yourself the humiliation of 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 politely asking and being refused, or but you know, there's responsibility. Everybody has responsibility to say, here's what I want, but also like, what do you want? You know, it's all very, you have to do a lot of heavy lifting for people that you love. If you care about them, you can't just sit there stoically and say, it's on you to be the, um, it's on you because I don't feel safe anymore. And, and, and particularly when it comes to the question of consent, right? You, you cannot just say, because I fear the, the appearance of intruding upon your, um, intruding upon your consent, I'm just going to wait this out or I'm just going to sit here passively and leave it to you to initiate all contact, initiate all. Yeah, you can't do that. Choices, but you're but you put yourself at risk as soon as you express a positive desire for something. As soon as you say, "This is what I would like," um, but that's a, that you know. But those are the risks that we're obligated to one another to take. That's a, uh, that is a form of generosity, even though it seems like a form of selfishness to say what you want. It sounds selfish to the untrained to be like, this is what I want. But really, that's generous. Now the other person doesn't have to guess. And sitting with a lover and guessing what they want is the, it's the worst. Do you like this? I don't know. <laughs> what about this? I don't know. <laughs> You like this? No, I don't know. It's like, oh boy. But, you know, thank God I'm not in college anymore. I don't know how I don't know how young uh, young people do it. The way dating is was bad enough when we were doing it in the beginning, in college time especially. Well, how they do it is that they're unhappy and they don't know it. You know how they do it is that that. So many games. It's all about games. Well, I'm not, well, you know, I won't text her until she texts me. The girls, well, I'm not, I was, my mom told me never text anyone first. I have to wait for them yeah. to text you. So, well, that stuff's crazy. I mean, the modern, <laughs> I can't imagine. If there is even texting, it's all, it's all uh, Tinder and Bumble. If, this is what I'm trying to, I, 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 I have never thought about that until just now, but like, are you on, are it, you dating on, on Tinder or Bumble or any of those? What? No, somebody during the King Neptune days. Um, and incidentally I am still King Neptune. So those days still remain, but earlier on this year, somebody, uh, in that, uh, in my King Neptune world was like, Oh, there's a dating site that's invite only. Mm. I was like, uh huh. And they said, yeah, you should be on there. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I should. And they said, no, 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 I'm going to send you an invite. I was like, you go crazy. It's called the league. Are they in your league? Are, they in the, are, are you in their league? It's like only professional heavy hitters, the league. And I was like, mm-hmm. So this person sent me an invite to the league, and it sat in my inbox for a long time, and they were – Texting me like, have you joined the league? No, I haven't joined the league. You got to join the league. And I'm giving, I'm giving this person a, a male Batman voice, but they're actually a female person. <laughs> are you in the, are you in the league? Join the league. 
<clears throat> professional female person. So eventually I was like, yeah, all right, I'll join the league. So I joined the league and it was just immediately like super duper, duper, duper embarrassing because like I filled out the little thing, like here's my picture, here's my like, you know, and I gave it, I basically gave the same bio that I give on Instagram, like musician, you know, lives in Seattle, like very, very little detail, put it up there. And then the league is like every day we're going to give you five people and you thumbs up or thumbs down them. And I was immediately like, I do not want to thumbs down anybody. I do not want to thumbs down another living person. That just is not something that's in me. Right. To just be like, nope, nope. Right. The nope. whole, the like, whole person thumbs down to the whole human being. Thumbs down. And just, you know, and mo- and I think it's based on like, oh, well, I just looked at that one thumbnail picture of you for one second. Nope. Like just not into that. Nope, nope, nope. So I'm like not thumbs downing anybody. I'm like, okay, that's five people. Thank you. And then the next day they're like, well, you didn't make a decision on any of these people. So here's those same five people again. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. so you've got, they, they keep sending you the same ones over and over. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, thumbs up to everybody. Cause everybody's great. I think all these people are great. <laughs> they're super nice people. I'm sure they're super nice. And the league is like, all right, well, you know, here's like five people and there, here's some people that thumbs you up. And I'm like, huh, you mean all those people didn't thumbs me up? What the fuck? Or, you know, but it's, it's, it's all like, it's, it's, you can't see that deeply into the algorithm. You don't know who's giving you thumbs up and who's not because they are protecting that. They're just giving you this, this slideshow of people. And I'm like, I don't like anything about it. I don't want to, I do not want to swipe left or right on somebody. I don't want people to see me in that way. Like I felt like I was standing on a street corner with my pants pulled down, Mm -hmm. just having a profile up on the league. And, and and even when I wasn't looking at it, just knowing that it was there, it was out, it was out there. I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And so after a couple of weeks, the league, of course, was like, hey, we noticed you haven't been doing it right. Maybe we should give you some (laughs) tips on how to use the league. And I was like, don't want those. And then they were like, if you upgrade to Uh, League Plus. Right. And I was like, not going to upgrade. They're like, look, if you don't upgrade to League Plus, then you're not going to get you know, you're not going to get the Glen Gary leads. <laughs> the, like, the, the, the gold leads. I don't want the gold leads. You know, I don't want to have to go talk to Murray. I don't, I, there's not a thing about this that I like. And you know, and the thing is that the people that, the people that I'm interested in are just not on the league and would never be on the league. And it, and that's hard to, that's hard to describe. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Well, I mean, you can you can assume that you can assume that, but that might not be true. I mean, they they might be they might be there the same way that you yourself are not the kind of person that would be on the league, and yet you're on it. Maybe yeah, it's the that, same for them. Maybe they're they're reluctant and unsure, and maybe not even liking it, but they're there. You're there. You're proof that they could be there. No, I'm not. Oh, you're you're out. You're done. Well, I mean, after like five days of feeling constant anxious stress about both being on there and also the the obligation I felt to all these people I'd never met to give them a good – to give them a nice thumbs up and a nice like like a hail fellow well-met like – type of like da great mm-hmm. nice seeing you like i just didn't want anything to do with it and i and i like blocked it and and it's just gone from my life and you I'm shut it much, down gone i mean i don't know i didn't i didn't go back in to take my thing down i was just like not upgrading not interacting with you and i presume your algorithm is based around the idea that if someone is not active that they're not you're not pushing them on anybody because you want it's a social media thing you right. want engagement right so I just become one of the many, many dead insect husks <laughs> of these various short-lived social media right now. Yeah. But um, I do. You, do you think um, that maybe there's a listener uh, right now who who you might be interested in in dating? Would you consider dating a listener? The thing is that a program like this is self-selecting. 
mm-hmm. right? If you're not, um, if, if you're a man or a woman or, uh, or any in between gender identification or ones outside, not just in between, but on the, on the, the very fringe of, of either definition. And you're listening to this program. You have already self-selected that you are my type, mm-hmm. right? Just by definition. Right. You would be someone who, if I met you at a party, I'm talking now to the, I'm talking directly to the listener now. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you would be someone if I'm, if I met you at a party and we didn't know each other and we had the opportunity, if we were waiting in line for the bathroom or if we were waiting in line at the keg and we struck up a conversation, there would be commonality enough that we would, that we would strike up one of those sort of party friendships. Hey, Hey, meet my friend, you know, as opposed to standing in line at the bathroom or at the keg, you're like, Hey, what's going on? What do you do? And either getting like weird cold vibe or, you know, somebody that just is talking over you or somebody that wants to talk about hot yoga or whatever. And I'm not saying that there aren't people listening to the show that also do hot yoga. Cause I know there are, that's not, that's not a, a make or break situation. Just don't talk to me about it. <coughs> um, but you know, I don't, I'm n- not only am I not on the league, but I'm not doing these podcasts as like dating, dating, dating sites. Hey everybody, submit your resume to John at danbenjamin.com. <laughs> but I, you know, I've always hoped that people, because people like to, people like to make connections with each other based on shared affections. And I've always loved it when people became friends through tweeting about Roderick on the line, for instance, Mm -hmm. or, you know, there are a lot of people who have become friends through a shared love of Jonathan Colton or they might be giants. Um, and what we do is so much, uh, more of a niche thing. It's not like all the people in the world that became friends because of Van Halen. It's much harder to become friends with somebody because of road work, because we don't really maintain a fan site. And I don't know. I would think that would be a little embarrassing. I really love road work. Oh my God. So do I. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're saying, you're saying you don't think that's happened already. I think it has, I'm but sure I it has. but I wish it happened more. I wish there was more, um, I wish people s- were able to, because it'd be, you know, you don't want to go onto your, I mean, all we have is social media. So mm-hmm. you don't want to go onto your fucking Facebook page and say, anybody out there like road work and then hear crickets right. because it's a, just a weird, it's a weird thing to have found, to stumble on and to have engaged, become engaged with a show like this. Finally, we would like to say thank you to Squarespace. You can do pretty much anything you want with Squarespace. You can turn your cool idea into a new website, showcase your work, blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical business or your online business. You might want to do something for an upcoming event or a special project. There really isn't a limit to what you can do. Beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers that got the built-in e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online analytics that show you how your site's doing and actually help you grow with their built-in SEO. They've got uh, secure hosting. You don't have to patch anything or worry about security. And if you ever have a question, they got 24-7 award-winning customer support. It's all there. It is all there. So whatever you're doing, you're starting a new business, you got a cool thing that you're planning for, you want to tell people about it, you got a place you want to publish the stuff that you're doing, you're building an app and you want to make a website for it, You got a resume because you're looking for a job. Squarespace, man, does it all. Check it out at squarespace.com. You're going to have a free trial. And if you use the offer code ROADWORK, you'll save 10% off your first purchase. Oh, and by the way, they have domains there too. Do you want to just go register a domain with your new website or just by itself? You don't want a website? That's fine. You just want a domain. They got that too. Squarespace.com, offer code ROADWORK, saves you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible. So how do you, how do you say like, Hey, I am one of these people and I want to meet other people who are like this 
particularly weird since a lot of us are introverts already. And so we maybe you don't even want to meet other people like us. That's the hardest part. That's the thing. That's how I know nobody I want to meet is on the league because the only people that I would want to meet that were there were people who had been forced by their friends to go on the league and who every time they check it feel like they're wincing through they're, they're wincing the night away and then they're trying to get off the league as fast as they can. So the chances of me meeting somebody like that over there are so slim that we both in the, in the 0.001 second that we're on that thing happen to collide no chance it's but this is this is coming from the guy who's talked to me so many times about the magical reality and willing your passport to come back to you and all these different things that you do that are clearly magic yeah but you, you can't will to, a, a a woman to find you on a social app come on no you cannot i mean you have but you to, can will you can will the universe and the collection of of people the hundreds of people to you know get a passport back to you you can will that to happen, but you you can't will your dream girl to pick up her no, phone I, and to give a thumbs up? I have not willed that passport back to me. The initial one, the first passport I lost, is still lost. It's never. But you got the, the second one, the good one. Yeah, that was the police. That wasn't the universe. That was the police. But you talked in the whole show about how, come back to me, come back to me, and you talked about how. Sure, that you, was my desire, but that does not mean I think I did it. Well, then you're just being short-sighted. We're counting no. on you to live in a magical reality. I do live in a magical reality, but I but it is not a magical reality that is divorced from reality. I do not live in magic land. I live in... You told me how I, you'd hug the tree and how you did the thing where you would just believe it and it would, it would happen. Better and, hug trees, Dan. Trees are living things, sentient in a way. No, the... the every show yeah. up till now... Is contradicting what you're saying right now. No, it's not at all. Is this Social a new media is a garbage place full of. I totally agree garbage. with you. I totally but, agree. So, so you're no, saying the magic no doesn't, magic the magic doesn't work because it's such a, a crap hole. No, I'm saying magic doesn't quote unquote work. You cast spells and you, you know, you hope for the best, but you don't, you you don't, apply it mm. it's not like okay rub my hands together i'm gonna do some magic now and get that passport back right like, i desperately wanted it and was trying everything including magic yeah but i don't desperately want somebody to find me on the fucking league like <laughs> i'm not gonna waste any magic over there and also that's the, that's not where magic lives like i would be much more likely to go over to seward park and just for my own needs for my own special needs, go find a big tree that feels like it would give good hugs mm -hmm. and hug it. Mm -hmm. And in the process of hugging that tree, hear someone giggle and turn around and there's somebody like in the, somebody traipsing through the bushes who's like, oh my God, are you hugging that tree? And then I would say, yes, I am. And they would say, oh, that's pretty amazing. And I would go, yes. And then we would be, that. that is so much more likely to happen than that I would see that person on the league and go, huh, likes hugging trees, thumbs up. Like, no. And also, Dan, there's the other problem. You've been posting pictures of yourself as a young man recently on. on yes, I found a picture of myself circa maybe 1988 <laughs> assembling an office chair. And you're a very, very handsome young guy. I was so handsome looking back. I don't really know why, why I should have been doing much better than I was doing. I was yeah. at home assembling an office chair. I know, but you're very beautiful. Very beautiful. And, you know, there. Uh, believe me, I understand. The hair, that full head of hair like I had. Really beautiful skin. black hair, long hair. I, I, could, I mean, I could do, I could play guitar. I had a car. I know. You yeah, what was what was my problem? Anxiety, Dan. You had anxiety. Yeah, it's better back then than it is now. But here's the here's the thing about me, Dan. I was never that beautiful. Not a single time in my life was I ever as beautiful as you were in 1988. <laughs> in 1988, neither was I. In 1988, I looked like an uncooked pancake. <laughs> and 
over the years I have grown into a kind of salty, my salty self, but you know, I have maybe 1% more Neanderthal genes than everybody that's right, else that's right. in the world. Stop bragging. And I'm just not, you don't look at me, a picture of me typically and immediately go like hubba hubba. You have to, you have to take it into, you take the picture, you take the voice, you take the, the whole thing and you go like, Oh, right. You put it together. You put, to, you put me together and you're like, ah, I dig that guy. I dig that guy. And you start to over the course of a while, you start to overlook some of the things like, Oh, you know, sometimes he's like missing a front tooth, but it's fine. I get it now. If you saw me walk into a grocery store and you'd never seen me before and you didn't have any of that, uh, substantiating evidence, you'd be like, huh? Like, Hmm. It's a, it's, it's the, it's the rare person that just sees me and based on that alone, looking at me across a crowded dance floor says that one, you know what I mean? Like there, there he is. That's the one, which one, the, the, the handsome one. No, 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 no. The one, <laughs> the one that looks like a clothes hamper, the one that looks like if you took Nick Nolte in down and out in Beverly Hills and you threw him into a laundry basket. That's the one. Like it just doesn't, it just isn't like that. And that's where, you know, that's why I th always think of romance in these terms of like, a, uh, like a glamorous ball in the 18th century. Because at a glamorous ball in the 18th century, it's, I presume, I picture myself in that situation, attending with a certain amount of rank implied. A lot of those balls, like all the, all the military men are in uniform, by being there, uh, you've already established a kind of social, you, you have to be socially present to even be at the ball. But then everybody at the ball is gossiping, who's that, who's that, who's that? And so the story is the story goes along with it. You're not standing against the wall at a at a at a junior high dance in 1981, where the only story about you is like, oh, that's the guy, you know, like, oh, oh, Booger John or whatever, <laughs> Steven John. Like the, the only stories about you in seventh grade are what a dork you are, or at least in my case, I'm sure there there were seventh graders who were like, he's dreamy, but no. By the time you're a grown up and you're able to be at a ball. People are like, oh, he's the governor of Madagascar or, you know, he's the, he is the undersecretary for, uh, you know, for, for dribs and drabs. And you're like the undersecretary for dribs and drabs. I didn't even know there was one. He invented the post, you know, there, that, so, so that by the time you ask someone to dance, they have more information about you than just that you look like. Nick Nolte in a pile of, of wool. And that, that, that I'm dependent on that. You know what I mean? I can't just, I can't just go to the meat market bar. Right. I'm dependent on the, um, uh, I'm uh, on the newspaper clippings and I'm, and I'm fine with that. I've always been fine with it. it I, 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 I like it better. But I do have, if there's a, if there is a place where I am most susceptible to, to feeling humiliated, to, um, to feeling, uh, insecure, it is that I don't, I don't want people to be, I, I never want to look somebody in the eye when they are in the throes of passion and feel like they are really passionately coupling with my newspaper clippings. 